0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Drew Presents with Drew, the podcast. So last night I got the opportunity to record with one of my favorite cousins, the Carrie Clark, and um, we had a good old time. So I, I'm really excited for you guys to hear the, the episode. I think it was definitely fun. We got we went over some great topics. Um, I just want to thank everybody for listening leaving comments, sending me DMs, text messages, whatever it was, I definitely appreciate you giving me feedback. You know, this is just a little old show that I'm trying to grow, and I just appreciate you taking the time out to listen to it, because I know there's so many other things out there. So, I'm not going to make this a long, drawn-out thing. Here's the episode. Thanks for listening, and you motherfuckers stay safe.
1: Hello? hello hey how are you i'm doing wonderful how about yourself i'm
0: doing pretty good um i want to first start this out by saying thank you for coming on i appreciate you um for anyone who well, you guys don't know but this is my cousin the carrie clark and
1: oh you actually followed you actually followed suit right thank you i followed
0: suit of course
1: Thank a you. Is a,
0: a spade is a, is a motherfucking spade.
1: It sure is. The whole <laughs> deck, bit exactly.
0: <laughs> so, um, for you who don't know, this is D. Carrie Clark, my cousin. Um, and I invited him on the podcast, and he graciously accepted. Right, without payment. Eat. Without payment, exactly. <laughs> um, maybe once I get paid, you'll get paid.
1: Right. <laughs> Send me an invoice. Exactly
0: (laughs) for Um, zero dollars. So, so um, how you been? What's what's going on? Even though we just well, there's no point. in me. well, how you how you doing? People want to know how how have you been.
1: I've been really good. I just uh, celebrated thirty third birthday over the weekend, so you know that was good. You know that's always a plus. I mean, who doesn't want to get old? I mean, come on now. Um, and, and uh, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just, you know, drinking water, minding my business, you know, things that, you know, most people should do, but they don't. Did
0: you drink a lot of water this weekend?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I drank something that looked like
1: water. The vodka looked like water. Um, Right. <laughs> as clear as a mug. It was. Okay.
0: So, um, for you guys, right, I'm doing pretty good. It's Definitely, really, for some reason, it's like the temperature went from 70, 75 to, I woke up this morning and it was a good 39 degrees. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Why is it so cold? It's like, it's the shock cold. I, I expect it to drop, but not to drop, you know almost 40 degrees. Like, what's going on? I'm shocked mm-hmm. here.
1: What's going on? All right, it goes from <laughs> Ice Age. It goes from, I mean, you know, it actually, it goes from like a Sahara to Ice Age all within, <laughs> you know, a matter of hours. Right.
0: It's, it's really ridiculous, but, you know, what can we do here? So, coming off, you know, like he said, CJ just celebrated a, I call him CJ, <laughs> so, you people who don't know, I form the DJ. But um, for you who don't know, he just, like you said, he just celebrated a birthday, and um, that's gonna be our first topic, which is we celebrated your birthday, and of course, obviously, it was a COVID birthday. It was not. <laughs> it was not the turn like how we used to. It was definitely a little different, but we made it work.
1: Low key, low key vibes could be good vibes sometimes. Right. It was. It was definitely. It was
0: definitely a vibe. We did a few things. We were, you know, in New York City, um, having a bomb ass time. Um, we
1: was. I mean, even though sometimes some people got up, you know, continuously at the same time to go to the bathroom, but listen. I mean, it was still a good vibe. Listen, right? Because I, I
0: think you know, and we're not trying to be shady, but most of the times when people keep going to the bathroom, you, might, you at some point you think that a bitch is doing coke or something. Like it's something going on in the bathroom and they clearly weren't fucking each other because they both were bottoms. So it had to be the coke. It had to be, in my opinion. Okay, so basically it got me to thinking that um, how much do we celebrate our friends? And obviously we just came off your birthday. So how important do you think it is to celebrate your friends whether it's a birthday a promotion at a job um you know anything do you think that it's important to celebrate your friends
1: um yeah i think ideally celebrating friendship is something that you would want to do mm-hmm. um if you know it's if, if it's a means to love or really cherishing or honoring that bond that union because a friendship it's pretty much like a good friendship. It's pretty much almost like a marriage when you look at it, you know, it's maintaining, you know, like, so that relationship, maintaining those feelings, maintaining that. So celebrating your friend is like celebrating, you know, uh, you know, how you would celebrate your spouse, whether, you know, boyfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, husband, husband, wife, wife, whatever, you know, when you celebrate those different things for them, you should do the same thing for your friends because it's important to maintain those relationships. Right. I definitely agree.
0: I think that you um, want to celebrate them because I feel like life is so short. And obviously you and I have both lost a friend and um, it it seemed like we had such a we had a lifetime with him and it went so quick. And if anybody would have told me at the time I was going to meet him at the age of 18 years old and I would only technically have him for about 10, 11 years. York. I would have said, you're lying. There's no way. You know what I mean? So right. that's what made me think about that topic, because I was thinking about him. And obviously, because he has your birthday, <laughs> and then his birthday comes up, so he would have been turning 33 as well. And um, I was just like, it's really important, man, to celebrate people while they're here. And that's just, it can be the smallest thing. Like, I think sometimes, I remember one time I was out with friends, and somebody said, oh, we're celebrating a promotion. And I was like, a promotion, like, well, you have the same damn job. What are we celebrating? I'm
1: confused. But. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, same job. (laughs) But
0: I get it that, you know, you know, who knows what she did to get that promotion? You know what I'm saying? It's like, I could have busted my ass. I could have been working, um, working late nights, whatever it is that she was doing to get that promotion. Could have been on my
1: knees. right? Listen, you never
0: know nowadays.
1: (laughs) You really don't. <laughs> there's a few couches in
0: these in these managers' office offices. Uh. So you know I ain't never been on one, but I'm just saying.
1: I've uh, never been on one either. And I wouldn't want to be on one anyway, because I mean most furniture is is not probably well suited. You know, it could be Bob's. You know, you're looking for Ethan <laughs> Allen, you probably got Bob's. So I mean
0: not Bob. Are they still discounted?
1: They are still discounted. <laughs>
0: Damn, you know how like you think as as time go on, as as time goes on, sometimes things like stores start to evolve, or and I'll say that they have to, but you think you would think sometimes they would just be like, oh, let's you know change a few things and maybe get to a better. And we're not, I'm not hating on Bob's. If you like to shop at Bob's, best of luck to you. I would right. not shop there. because right,
1: I was um, going to, say actually, you know, I know we're we're probably going to talk about it later anyway, but you know, it's uh, that this conversation actually is very good for something I would want to bring up a little later on into the show.
0: Okay. All right, cool. Okay, so now that we got that out of the way, I wanted to bring up the Soup conversation. And you guys might be like, what the fuck is he talking about? So, before I tell you what actually happened on this podcast with Soup, I want to go back. So, in 2015... Campbell's, you also know what Campbell's is. Yes. But Campbell's Soup had um did a commercial back in 2015 and he had two dads in the in the commercial with the with this with the little boy. And obviously it was about soup. And a woman by the name of Jess Hicks decided to write a comment on under the under the commercial. You know, all commercials be on YouTube now. So her comment said I'm so sick of this homosexual agenda. You sell soup, not butt sex. Please take your ad down or you will not have a company anymore. That was the comment that she left under the under the uh, the commercial. Wow, she got a lot out of two minutes. Right. I was like, well, where, how did we get to butt sex? I'm confused. <laughs> like, I was so like lost in the sauce.
1: Right, like, right.
0: What like? What are you talking about? <laughs> it was completely left field for me. Like,
1: all right, wow. that's what I'm saying. Like, you can't, you know, you can't basically clarify or compare a two minute soup commercial to after hours at Cinemax. I mean, it's just it's it's not the same. It's not one in the same. Listen, right in somebody's bedroom, right. So it was really like it was shocking to me. But I,
0: I so basically I found that. And I thought that it was applicable to the topic. So, for you who di- for you guys that didn't see it, I feel like I'm talking like I'm from Jersey, used. Anyway, <laughs> so for people who did not see it, um, so basically, what ha- <laughs> you <so> stupid. <laughs> so, what had happened was it was I don't know if it was a podcast, whatever it was. It was two women and it was a man, and the man had brought up the fact that brought up the he had brought up that he doesn't want his friend bringing him soup. He thought that that was kind of gay. And the women agreed with him. So it was kind of like, wait, what? So at first I was a little like, well, I, I guess I could kind of understand. But then as I thought about it some more, I was like, okay, so obviously it's two heterosexual men, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess, does is it strange if a man says, yeah, I'm not feeling too good. You know, I'm a little under the weather. And his friend says, oh, okay, I'm going to bring you soup. I'm trying to understand how that
1: how is that gay? <laughs> I, I don't yeah.
0: understand. Am I missing something? Like...
1: They always find a way to make something gay or say that it's sus or you know, suspect or that's crazy. And, and I like, you know, listen, they'll say just because you know, you use uh, a loofah that is gay, apparently. Um, but, you know, like, I, I don't personally particularly think that that's a gay thing. I, I find it funny, uh, you know, the other day, I think that I have, I think I remember speaking to you on it, I was saying that one of my Facebook friends, you know, talked about that. He was saying that, you know, he read that comment, and he was like, no, I don't think it's gay to bring your homie some soup. Now, if you feed it to him, that's something different. Like, you ain't gonna be, for you know, spoon-feeding him the soup, but bringing it to his, you know, to his doorstep is not gay. No, that has, that that's showing just, you know, that's showing care to your friends. Like, and we got to get out this macho exterior anyway of, you know, men can't be affectionate towards each other anyway. Like I can't hug my friend or my brother, or I can't, you know, do this for you, bring you soup. Or I can't, you know, you you got to get out of that. Like, I mean, Listen, Jesus Christ, you know, rubbed men's feet. I mean, you know, I mean, nobody's Jesus Christ. I mean, not even the girl who probably, I'm sure, was tweeting from her bed on the mattress floor about the comment. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, like, you know, nobody's Jesus Christ. So, I mean, if Jesus thought it was good enough to wash another man's feet, who are you to say that another man man can bring soup to another man's doorstep? Right.
0: Along with, I think, I think that people they want to hold on to their masculinity. And I think that's where the issue is. And I'm going to bring up a show. And I think that you would completely agree with me. I remember when I saw um, Queen Sugar on OWN for the first time. And I don't know if you guys remember the first scene where the dad was dying and the dad was in the bed. Ralph Angel, his son, got in a hospital bed with him along with the little boy and all three of them were laying in the bed. And in my mind, it was like, this is such a moment because it was showing affection between men who did not have any type of sexual um, attraction to each each other, toward each other. And I feel like that was so powerful to me. So I feel like I don't understand why it's you bringing your friend's soup gay or even if you decided to feed it to the man. Like you said, your friend said, then that's a whole other situation. If that was your, if that was your father, or if that was one of your good friends, and your friend, let's just say your friend couldn't move and he was really sick, and you were the only one to, who was able to do that.
1: Okay. Then
0: that's just like you said, that's you showing care, right. that's you having affection for your friend. So I was just like, so when I saw that comment, I, it, it at first I was like, oh, okay, I can kind of understand because obviously I have a brother. That while I don't think he's homophobic, I do think he's very like, I need to hold on to this masculinity. And I don't want nobody to think that I'm gay or have an inkling that, oh, wait, I might be gay. But I just want to put it out there that you're gay when you have sexual experiences with other right. men. That would mean that you're gay or bisexual.
1: Right. to so say I don't necessarily mean soup, all that full-fledged either. But yeah. Right. Right.
0: right. So you feeding a man, you laying in a bed with a man, you getting him soup, hell, you walking him to his car after a movie does not make you a homosexual, right? So it's okay.
1: But like you said, they hold on to that masculinity like it's chains to the rhythm. You know, they hold on to that masculinity before they even have clean drawers. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. But- not clean drawers, I am done. I can't, I'm just ask. saying. I mean, they most of it really don't do. be clean drawers, so I'm just saying they'll hold on to that masculinity though before you have a clean drawers,
0: right? Well, I mean, maybe that's why they decide to be with women because they feel like, well, no, we're, <laughs> um, we're not gonna
1: go there, so we're gonna move on All to right. your um to your meat meal topic, okay? All right, so this has an- this is kind of another thing with masculinity in the the black community i think this has been going on forever so the, the subject matter of meek mill you know he basically tweeted out like yo philly i'm sick of you know niggas dying i'm sick of seeing the same niggas dying i'm sick of these niggas from different bases having beef um now i should have done more proper research on who the you know, the, I guess the irrelevant was who kind of got back at Meek or whatever. Did you say the irrelevant? because I, I don't know his name. I guess it doesn't so really matter. I, really know, I mean, should that's... I say ghost? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, listen, I'm just trying to...
0: The unknown. Right.
1: <laughs> listen, the, the uninvited. So, I just All was... Right. I was saying that when Meek had basically said, like, listen, if, you know, y'all kind of stop this street shit and, you know, get it together, stop the beef, i'll sign five unsigned rappers but who are known in philly but the nigga got a meek and it's like nah you need to pick a side you need to you know say you with the zoo da 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 whatever and i'm just like see it's that mentality like listen and I do not even say because i'm pretty sure meek used to have that mentality too because you know now meek is of Mm -hmm. course you know is a star and you know he's experienced success and you know he's a you know multi-platinum rapper So it's a different lifestyle for him. So, of course, people will say, like, oh, well, you know, he probably doesn't even, you know, he probably isn't even sleeping to our level anymore. He doesn't even, you know, he doesn't even know what reality really is. But I really actually feel like the statement that Meek made was actually super humble. Like, he's trying to give you guys help, you guys a way out, because maybe he's saying that the way I used to think wasn't productive. It wasn't something that should have been done. And now, and if I had somebody Mm -hmm. who came to me with that same statement or they tried to give me a chance I would have probably taken it too so this is what y'all need to do instead of killing other niggas and killing people in your neighborhood and just still spreading the same rah-rah why don't you know you take this deal and try to get a better life and stuff like that but like I said that goes to masculinity in the black community and like I ain't gonna let a nigga punk me and stuff like that so it's just it's sad that black men carry on the thug persona and but then You know, and I don't even want to say it because I don't even care about what white America perceives any of my people as. But I do say that it is crazy that when they do try to stereotype you, you're just leading it up to their stereotype, though. It's just just mind boggling. Right.
0: I definitely agree. And I think, like you said, I think as. You know, no, no matter who you are, you need to evolve. And sometimes some people just never can, they can never seem to get out of that rut that they're in. And they want you to stay where they're at. Right. And, you know, I, what I would probably say, is what I would do is I might would challenge him to take that man under his wing now and say, let me show you something different because I'm pretty sure these same actions that, you, that, that he's displaying or that he's responding with, there's other men that have that same mentality. And maybe if he could make an example out of him and say, "Look, let me show you something different." You know what I mean? Because I, I think, and to I'm not saying that's the same thing, but to make it like make more sense to, for the listeners, it's like it's kind of like somebody who constantly who's drinking. You know, like you know, when we were younger, we used to drink fifty cent sodas. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like now, today, we would never buy. Ah, uh-uh, Who's buying fifty cent soda? Right, you got you. You evolve, <laughs> and I don't know that's very something minute, and it's like small, like what, but it's the truth. Like nobody is like, oh yeah, I'm going to the store to buy a fifty cent soda or a quarter right. water, and we've all evolved and we moved on from that. And some people just stay stuck there, and they have such a hard time getting out of that mentality. And it's really, It really is sad. And I think that they really should go sit on someone's couch <laughs> and try to get their lives together. Cause, you know, I'm the first person to push therapy. We got to push therapy. But I think all of this violence and the people killing each other, it's really ridiculous. It really is ridiculous how
1: this is still right. going on. It is because it's like, OK, so we're out here protesting, you know. Well, I was gonna say well, I'm I feel bad. I mean, they're out there protesting. It's like, I haven't been to a protest, so I can't really put out false information. I'm sorry about that. Y'all out there protesting <laughs> and about police killing your people. And then y'all still out here fighting for turf and stuff like that and killing people. Like, I just don't, I don't get it. I feel like you can't, like, listen, just like right. that meme I was reading to you yesterday. Like, look. Of course, we're not all gonna agree on everything, but it's about putting our people first because this is stuff that they wanna see for us. They wanna see that, you know, we don't agree. I mean, they wanna see that we wanna kill each other, take each other down, they want us to take each other out and stuff like that. Because they know how strong the black mind is. Like, you know, it's powerful. It's so a it's a powerful thing. And growth is a powerful thing. And, you know, that's right. what I'm saying, and that's and and they hate when to see that. So that's so what I'm saying, like instead of thinking when they see us, this is the image they're going to get. They're uneducated. They're not going to do this. They're not going to do that. They're never going to go far. You know, let's push this. Let's let's push, you know, that stereotype off the way. Let's push it and show you what, what we can be to our best extent. Let's not give them what they're looking for.
0: Right. I completely agree with you. I think that and if we stay on that track, we'll be unstoppable. You know what I'm saying? I think the whole... I thought it's almost like it's like we're beating a dead horse. I think that plenty of people probably have have spoken about this, and I just we just need to do better. That's all I can really sum it up. With. We need to do better. Right. When you do, when you know better, you do better, right? So I think we all know better at this point. So just do better, and you know, there's so many people that look up to us, and there's so many people under us that's like, oh, I want to be like them. So. Just do better, people. That's all I say to my people.
1: Do better. Right. I agree. Do better. You know, and, you know, you will find, you know, life's uh, seeds instead of, you know, just throwing out seeds that you don't take care of. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. (laughs) I can't. can't. Right. Right.
0: So, in this section of the show, um, I decided to come up with something called the Drew, and it's something that I'm gonna always put in that's like either funny, there's a quote, something to just you know, like ah, because I always feel like me and my friend always, you know, I know the girls ain't feeling Oprah, but you know, I love me some Oprah, but anyway, I always feel like Oprah always had like
1: aha moments and um, and coupons that she I promised like... the KFC that she hasn't fulfilled. We ain't forget about that. KMC Coupons. Oprah had a, a special, what? and I, don't, I know it's on Google, probably somewhere if you go on Google. <laughs> Oprah had a special where she oh, was giving people coupons for a free two piece grilled chicken meal or original ch- two piece chicken meal. When people printed out them coupons, they said that they didn't exist. Now, Oprah, your name was a part of that. So I just feel like, you know, bitch, you could have, you know, kind of, kind of <laughs> clearly cleared that up. <laughs> As didn't get Wait a minute! Meals. When
0: did this happen? First of all, well, who the fuck eats KFC? <laughs> <Number laughs> well, I'm one, saying well, that was around the was time like... when
1: her show was out. Apparently, you know, KFC oh, something... was oh. you know popular when her show was out. That's what I'm saying, and you know, been back, you know, before you know the Weight Watchers and you know before all that. That's what I'm saying. She promised people a two piece chicken meal, but apparently, like said, they printed up the coupon and they told them no, they weren't fulfilling it. And Oprah never spoke out and said, "Oh, I'm sorry," or. Nothing stuff like that. That's what I'm saying. Like, listen, we all ain't stagnant. We all ain't just okay. gonna fall to the back. We there's some people who want their chicken Ooh. meal. <laughs> Not
0: the back. I cannot. Well, I'm gonna have to research that and see what's going on with that whole KFC and Oprah debacle. Um, but okay. let me get back to the drill. So basically it's something like I like I was saying, it was like me and my friend I was like, Oh, we have that Oprah Aha moment or It's just gonna be something funny for the week, and I just saw this quote, and I just thought how, like, it made me feel motivated. So I'm gonna read the quote to you, and the quote says, "Um, "Don't work, don't work eight hours for a company, then go home and not work on your goals. You are not tired, you are uninspired." Mm -hmm. And Dwayne uh, Johnson, aka The Rock, tweeted that on Twitter. And I, it made me feel like you know we spend so much time busting our asses for these companies, and then you get home and you're like, oh, I'm so tired, you know, you don't want to. So it made me feel like you want to work on something that you feel that's near and dear to your heart, or something that inspires you, or just whatever. And I was like, this is such a good quote, and I had to insert this
1: for the people, and just was mm-hmm. amazing. I agree. I think that. Um that is definitely a true quote I think a lot of us are um underpaid stressed and you know overworked um and a lot of us right. do have aspirations and dreams and you know, everybody you know we all dream you know but un- unfortunately we right. do we I get caught agree. up in you know these companies you know when doing what they have to do for the job and you know you are so tied between commuting and having to get up, you know, an extra, you know, hour, or whatever, so early to get up and get ready. So, you know, it t- and then getting back, you know, you're within the workplace traffic, depending on where you work at. I guess, you know, I guess, I know McDonald's has different shifts, so I know that probably, you know, doesn't do the same thing, but I'm just saying like, if you work like a regular corporate America job or, you know, something which you do, you know, it's, it's a different set, set of things. Like, you know, you're, like I said, usually sitting in traffic, you're dealing with different things. So, a lot of times, you're, you're mine feels like so like oh my god like it's so it's going to overdrive because it's like i'm tired like oh my god like i have to put all my time into this this company and then i have to go and do my own stuff like it's like it's like so what am i not supposed to sleep or it becomes a lot and i could definitely understand that quote but you do have to push yourself and you have to challenge yourself and you have to say that if I don't want to be in this forever, I do have to inspire myself and get motivated. Right.
0: I definitely agree. And it's definitely, because I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's someone out there right now like, oh, I just want to quit this job and not have to work here anymore and just completely work on my, my dreams. You know what I'm saying? And what I'll say to that is just be smart about it. Obviously, if you have, a, if you have rent, you have a car you note, know, you can't just quit your job if you don't have nothing to potentially, you know, hold you over for a few months or whatever it is that you think it's going to take. So I would always just say be mindful of that. But, you know, I think that there's a way that you can manage both and do what it is that you have to do. Yes, you might be a little tired, but, you know, that's what you use the weekends for. Right. right. But
1: sometimes, fortunately, sometimes you got to even work them weekends. Like, listen, if your hustle is a, you know, like I said, a hustle, a bustle 24-7 type thing, you got to even say, weekends, you're like, listen, you know, I sleep when I'm pushing flowers, I guess. I mean, sometimes that's how real it can be.
0: It. I mean, this is true.
1: Right.
0: This is definitely true. Okay, so all right, so obviously we're going to talk about Meg D. Stallion. but c- good thing, folks, we're not talking about her and He's kind of included in it and num- he's not about it's not about them per se so Megan decided was scheduled to go on the breakfast club and her team basically had a list of things for the breakfast club not to ask her which was all about Tory Lanes it was like no do not ask her anything about that um, so for whatever reason she decided not to do the breakfast club I guess the breakfast club kind of pushed back like oh no you know this is for the culture they want to hear it So the Breakfast Club came out and basically outed her, saying, you know, it's crazy that when we wanted her on the show and and we saw that, you know, she said these were her demands and I guess they pushed back, but then she did a GQ interview and she gave them a full report on the incident. So in the GQ article, she stated that obviously Tori offered her and Kelsey some hush money to um, not talk about the incident. So my question is: Should we be calling Meg the Stallion out for this if this is right. even true?
1: Um, I now, <laughs> I can, Lord, that mercy? <laughs> I can understand both sides. Now, this is what I what I will say: Leonard mm. and his crew, <laughs> <laughs> Leonard and his crew do have a tendency to not do research. Now, I don't even really care for Nikki like that. But what I will say is that one interview I watched with her. She went there to talk about, you know, whatever product she was really, I guess, or some album or whatever she had out at the time. And she was asking about, did they watch the video? Did they hear the song? They didn't even hear that. They were just so concerned about talking about gossip that they weren't even talking about the artist. Now, you have to remember this. She, I mean, she still is an artist at the same time. So Megan's team probably knew. I mean, she goes there. We're here to try to promote her debut album. This is her first album. This is, you know, she's feeling good. Just what she wants is for her first album. And most likely they're going to bring up nothing but the Tory which They're going to always just retort it back to talking about Tory. And you right. have to understand that, okay, I don't really want that platform. So I do think Meg's team was smart by saying, okay, you're doing something as high profile as GQ. Yeah, give it to them in your words, spend it in your narrative give them that, you know, you can have that platform, but GQ will also promote Meg's album. They're going to make sure Meg's album is talked about within GQ. So I get that part. Now, on the other side of the coin, I do get that the Breakfast Club is something huge. It's been here for 11 years now. The culture does love the Breakfast Club. They're one of the highest-rated morning shows in urban media. So I definitely get that Just So you probably feel like, this is a smart move. We want to we want to answer what's relevant to the community for you know, those shade room followers and um, you know, uh, the other Pillsbury Doughboys, you know, uh, Instagram site. You know, I'm sure you know, he <laughs> probably gets you know, people hits too, but all that stuff, so I get that part too. But last, I mean, like, I just think you have to do what's best for your image and your career. Meg probably felt like, like I said, her and her team probably felt like. This was the best move for Megan's career. You know, she let's give her something high profile. I mean, she is moving up and stuff like that. Right.
0: Well, you know, so I kind of agree with you. I do my only thing that I do kind of I kind of feel I wish she would have done is went with another um black I thought she should have did something in her own community so even if she cause I agree with you, I feel like sometimes the breakfast club can be messy and I was reading some of the comments and they was like who the hell would go to the breakfast club they're hella messy they only want to talk about is a whole bunch of gossip like you just said so my thoughts is like maybe a better interviewer would have been Angie Martinez right. you know what I'm saying as opposed to doing the morning show and maybe she will do Angie Martinez but I wish she kind of would have he- either held the story or said oh I'm not talking about right. that you know what I'm saying? Because I do think on one side of it is I remember like a long time ago when, I don't know if you remember, but T.I., you know, he had that the gun situation. And he's when Wendy said he came to her show, he was like, do not ask me that. And it was very, you know, adamant, do not ask yeah. me about that gun situation. So she didn't ask. But he went to the view, they asked him, and he talked about it. So I think a lot of times when it comes to um, you know, the urban talk shows or whatever you're trying to whatever you're on, I think a lot of times they feel like, well, people are always giving us the shit end of the stick. You know what I'm saying? They never want to give us the, our, our dudes. But I also think, like you said, I think if you did proper research, and I do think people probably would feel more comfortable going on Angie Martinez versus the breakfast club, because they felt it would be more of a safer place. Cause while Angie will ask about it, she knows when right. to move on and not be messy. Right. And that's, you know that's basically
1: the, the gist of all I was saying was that you can't make the whole interview about the incident because the person's not going to want to harbor onto that, and keep holding that and making that the whole discussion. It's like, I'm here for my album too. So you have to ask me questions about that. But you're going right. to you feel like, oh, this is what the culture wants. I'm gonna keep harboring on the Tory situation. You're gonna go from you're gonna want to know the story from top to bottom. Like I said, the Breakfast Club is almost like a radio version to me of the Shade Room, and them comments are filled with nothing but drunks, lackeys, and you know girls who have sea biscuit hair. So it's you know that's what I'm saying when you're for saying it to that crowd. Unfortunately, sometimes they will ignore the facts, and, they're, and, they're, and they will ignore the facts. And unfortunately, I can even understand that because you know what. I can't even understand on that fact because I, when I re- do read the comments to The Shade Room, it's so many women who are like, oh, yeah, she's just, she, oh, I, she wants the sympathy vote. Oh, she's the victim. Oh, she always playing victim. And it's just, it's kind of so crazy. Of course, Tori hasn't been convicted, nothing has happened yet. But I'm like, it's so crazy that your own people, especially women, do that to another woman. They're so ready to bash this woman and bring her down and fault her or doubt her over a man that's just it's so crazy and it's, I'm like I'm like sis you're not even sleeping with this man like why are you so heavily invested I, I like I really don't get it
0: <laughs> maybe they are looking <laughs> to get on <laughs> maybe they are looking to get on who I, I have no idea but what I will say is this I do think um we're also in an era of where she doesn't necessarily have right. to do an interview with anyone. She could literally be like, I'm going to go on my Instagram live page and I'm literally just going to sit here and do this on my own. You know what I'm saying? And here you go. Obviously, she's trying to reach a broader audience, so So I understand why they decided to do something. But I feel like the era that we're in now, it's like, you really don't need these radio stations and these talk shows. All of that is kind of like a bonus because all you got to do is put it kind of on a pop and you just do your Instagram live, they're going to put it all over the blogs any damn way. You know what I'm saying? So it'll reach people. It's almost like you right. don't really need these people anyway. But, you know, I, I can understand where the Breakfast Club might feel some type of way like, oh, you could have you could have given us the interview or given us the, you know, the media attention. You know, I don't know what their ratings are like right now, but... I
1: think, you know, I think, you know, they're... I think they're still doing okay, you know, as far as in their urban and their okay. urban media market. Like I said, I'm pretty sure they're still the number one show. Who I will say, too, actually does a very good job with structuring interviews really well and doing the proper research and actually advocating for the community is um, Ebro in the morning. I will actually give that to them. I mean, even though the show was okay. probably, you know, not really getting the rank it should because you know he's not really a gossip or no mongler or what i will say is that ebro was very respectable he wants he talks about real issues with as far as within politics within our the black community what they should be doing and he does fend for women that's why i will definitely say ebro does all that so i definitely think even meg could even went to somebody like ebro was he would have definitely shown her respect he would have talked about the album he would have given her the respect that she deserves. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have even judged the situation, you know. It, it, I definitely think that would have been a good move for her. Because I definitely do like Ebro's show in the morning.
0: Right. So, do you, well. Let me ask you this for really the quick before we move on. Do you think, you know, obviously, um, you know, you're on the podcast. So, if you was interviewing someone, do you think that there should be um, PR should be able to come in and say, hey? This is our list of what not to ask our client. And if you ask them this, we're going to shut it down. Do you think that, do you think one, they should be able to do that? And two, do you think you, as the person that's doing the interview,
1: um, do you think
0: that you should Um, abide by the rules?
1: I think that there's levels to the shit. (laughs) So I think that (laughs) when there are levels, you know there are certain things that you should abide by now, I'm not trying to make anybody feel uncomfortable. I don't want to overstep my boundaries with anyone. I think that I would love to talk to the person and tell them like listen, your fans would like to know, but I would never want to push anything on anybody or make them feel obligated to feel they have to tell whatever is their personal business and stuff like that. I mean unless it's like a reality star or something. I feel like that's what you sign up for but um artists. Right. I know it's like a different type of, you know, cloth that they wear and they do have a different type of protection. And even though they are public figures and, you know, they do share certain things or their aspects with the public, I do think you still should show somebody some type of respect that they're telling you that they don't feel like they really want to talk about everything. But like I said, I do think, too, when you do have people who invest in you and look into you, I think that you are going to always have somebody who wants to know more but like i said i would never push it of course as an interviewer no i would never keep pushing a person right
0: i agree i think that i think i would definitely abide by the rules i also think that you know obviously i do think i might try it sometimes and be like you know what i'm gonna ask anyway right. and see what they say you know what i'm saying but i do think that that's how you might potentially lose respect for yourself like oh well you just completely said f what i said but i do think that you know life is about taking risks sometimes and you have to do what right. you have to do to get to I that stage. So, we wish them all the best in their situationships. Obviously, people are going to still listen to the Breakfast Club. Meg's new album is about to come out, I believe, Friday, and I'm sure people will buy it, stream it, whatever you guys are doing right, right now.
1: We're right, whatever they albums. do, you know, you know what the kids do.
0: <laughs> right. So, um, you wanted to bring yeah, up? Yeah, I did. Topic. Um,
1: I did want to talk about uh, classism in the black community. But, you know, what's so crazy is that classism is not only a black America issue. It is a global issue, actually. That's the funny thing. But I do want to talk to us because I know FUBU, you know, for us, by us. Um, right. So I'm just... On, classism is a huge... It's is a huge... Draws a huge wedge. I feel like between our community. That's why I did want to bring it up. I feel like a lot of times when a person feels like they are on a certain plateau, to a certain level, humility is not there. And um, I feel the like quickest way you can get it is the quickest way you can lose it. So that's why I always feel like humility goes a long way. Now the thing about me is that you know I'll, you know you know you know I want to be an actor. everybody knows I want to be an actor, but Drew definitely knows personally that I want to be an actor, and you know I want to entertain and stuff like that somebody who i absolutely love who i'm inspired by who i want to tell of course one day how much i love you and stuff like that is somebody's is will smith now will smith did an interview i want to say i believe it was with people um a couple years back maybe about 2017 will smith said that it's not an issue for you know the black community when it comes to auditions it's things like that, you know, I always can get work. So this is this is what I said. I said, you know, sometimes when you're out of touch with reality, that's another out of touch with reality conversation. When you're out of touch with reality, this is what you do. Like a person like Will Smith doesn't even know what probably what the price of milk is, a gallon of milk is. Now me, I know that milk is three nineteen if I go to shop <laughs> right. If I go to stop and shop, it's probably about three forty-nine, three fifty nine, maybe. Um, you know, and I'm one of them people, you know, if I see meat that's, you know, 691, and if I see another meat that might be like about 630, I would go for the meat that's 630. You know, I'm gonna put the meat back to, you know, the other meat that's six ninety-one. You know, but some people feel like they don't have that. But you know, that's I saying it doesn't really make you better. And like I said, it doesn't really make you better, and you really shouldn't um you really shouldn't marginalize people who aren't doing that but who are working on themselves or who might not even have those same opportunities. Now there are a lot of people who don't get the same opportunities and they have to go unfortunately on welfare programs, things like that. So I feel like, you know, like I said, classism is a huge issue within our community that we really need to start checking on and really start facing. That's my statement, my opening statement was it <laughs> I can't. Okay. okay.
0: I think I mean, I think that you definitely hit it on, you know, the head what is it? The nail on the head. I definitely think you did a really good job with that. However, what I want to just throw in there is that do you okay, so obviously we okay. <laughs> obviously we're in touch with right. reality because obviously we're not rich, right? So do you think that it's it's possible that if you became rich,
1: you would get I think out of touch with reality. I think I know I wouldn't because I've always uh I'd say always, but for a long time I've been a person who hasn't, you know, been wrenched. Like, you know, I mean, hey, like, you know, I mean, unfortunately I've never rode in a Lamborghini, you know, I've never been in a Ferrari and stuff like that, you know. Hey, I like listen, it. I can't as far as well as far as I know, because you know the ones that I have been with. Unfortunately, they probably have nothing more than you know, maybe a 2008 BMW, and that's if I'm lucky. <laughs> I can't. Oh, wow. that's I like can't. Fair Metro card. All right. No, come on the then. Metro card that was about maybe <laughs> CJ ten years ago, maybe maybe five. Here, I will give him about five. Um, okay. but. What I'm saying is that I think since I have been in this reality for such a long time that no, like when I get Mm -hmm. if I ever got to fame and accolades I wouldn't feel no, I wouldn't feel like I would want want to be out of touch. I would always still just probably every once in a while get on a computer because like I said, Google is simple. That's your friend. It's one of the first things that pop up when you hit your you know, Internet Explorer, whatever you use you know, you could just simply Google and see what Right. It is and stuff like this. So, I'm saying, so you should remain humble and always kind. of check that, especially if you didn't come from privilege, because that's why I said if you came from privilege, that's something different. But if you didn't come from privilege, you know you can't. You can't really. You shouldn't really act like that. Right.
0: So do you think a lot of times in our community, will you know? Obviously, you and I are not wealthy <laughs> recipients, but do you think that sometimes we? will um, judge someone that's a welfare recipient.
1: Yeah, I think we I think we do. I think, but you know, I think just we as a people, I think bo- right. like us as black people, period, just judge each other very hard, period, anyway. Like, probably more than any culture, I can honestly say.
0: Right. And the reason why I say that is because one of my friends said to me, we were talking about welfare. Like, now, I've never gotten food stamps a day in my life. And, um... I was saying something. I can't remember the specific details of what we were talking about. And he told me he felt like because I've never had to struggle and I've never had to do this. And right. I'm like, well, you don't know my entire story. So for you to say that I don't know the struggle, I've I just never been in a situation where I needed to get food stamps. So you don't know if I had to borrow money from my parents, my cousin, a brother, a sister, whatever the situation was. But I just never had to go down to the welfare office <laughs> and ask for the 190. Not the 190. On the second of each month. That's never been my story. <laughs> but it's never been my story. And, um, you know, obviously, I don't want to be that person that's like, "Well, go get a job," because I understand that some people, right, what they might have a situation where they can't work and they have to actually get welfare and all of that. But I do think they were are very quick to say, "Go get a job." You know what I'm saying? And well, why are you getting this? Why are you getting cash assistance when you could be going to do this? You know, so you never know what somebody's situation is. And, I, and I'll kind of bring that to, I remember my friend said to me, she was like, she felt like asking a woman, why don't you have any kids? You don't know what that woman's story is. She might be, she might can't have children. So you asking her that can bring up a whole bunch of emotions. So asking that person, well, why don't you go get a job? They might be disabled it might be a disability that you cannot physically see with your eyes. You know what I'm saying? So I think that we definitely all have to make sure that we're, you know, just a little bit nicer. And like you said, I think that we need to constantly um, just remain humble because in the blink of an eye, things can be taken away from you. And I know me, for one. <laughs> I can't have this that uh, me. I will <laughs> say just 100%. Because I, would, I always say what Nene said, I don't do broke well. Never, can, I never will, hopefully. <laughs> well, dang, I ain't got no words. But hopefully I will never be broke. And Because I just don't do broke well. I could never be on the oh road God. and having signs up asking for sandwiches and, you know, all of oh that. sweet It's too much. Hopefully. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not sweet. No, well, just, you know, t- times are tough. Oh my God, I cannot.
0: They really are, and I think that if we can give give to give back to people. You should, if you can't, you can. And me personally, I never have cash really, I so I really can't give I back was... to people that's on the streets.
1: So right, but I guess I could buy, meals, buy meals or there's Habitat for Humanity. Right. There's several programs that, you know, us as people, period, can volunteer to and just start doing more for, you know, there's so much things that we can do to help our, you know, people in our own backyard, you know, people that look like you and me, they, you know, they feel like there's no hope and there's no chance of prosperity. And, you know, when you have that feeling, you're already put down, you know, so that's what I'm saying. When you have people who, are in right. your own skin who do that to you is probably a double whammy. I'm pretty sure it feels like a double whammy. Like, damn, like, how could you? That's why I said, you know, you have to do better. Right. Us.
0: Right. Right. Because I think, and I'm pretty sure all of us have been in, in a situation where you'd be like, you, where you're at a job or whatever the situation is, you be like, oh, that's a, you know, that's a brother or that's a sister. And they look at you like you're chopped liver and you're like, oh, wow. You know what I mean? So, it could even happen to the person that's, you know, somewhat successful, but they're just not as successful as the other person. And that person look at you like, oh, no, it can only be one. of Right. One. You know what I mean? And they just kind of hate. I agree. On you. So. Yeah. Well, you know, we? j- this is the second episode. Oh, wow. We're done. I mean, unless you have anything else to talk it about. It went very, quick. It went quick, Right. Right, because I tell people we would talk, especially when you have somebody else to engage in conversation with, it's very easy
1: for the time to be ate up Re- relatively quick. Right, I we already that. have forty five minutes. Even like what's the call? It. Because like you said, it's just like we were engaged, <laughs> and it's like one of our regular conversations. You know, they all can't do it like that. Correct. <sighs> Absolutely. I can you. I can't.
0: Right on, I can't. <laughs> Come on with the shade. Come on with the shade. Um, so do you want to um, tell shame the people anything that you have
1: coming up? Um, or... <laughs> right, come on now. Um, I do want to tell everybody now. I, you know, I don't like to give tentative dates because unfortunately, you know, um, maybe that's what I should name my show. Sorry for the procrastination, but I'm here. Maybe I should name that. But what's was... Um, no, but yeah, I do have an upcoming podcast now. I don't want to give the date, but it definitely should be out by next month in December. It is called Hands Up, Hands Down. Um it, it is for unfortunately, you know, you know everybody used to read their reviews via Rotten Tomatoes. Um even I don't know if y'all 80s babies, y'all probably know like in a newspaper you used to see your movie times in a newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> you, you did. You used to see them in the newspaper. Like, I oh, I'm going to the movie. Oh, oh, that's the time that movie starts. You just have to buy the newspaper to see the movie times. But anyway, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so I have a movie podcast coming out, and I will review um, some of the newest releases that you might not have a chance to sometimes. You might say, oh, I was thinking about going to see that movie. But, you know, oh, I don't know how good it's going to be. Well, now you have me, who will review some movies for you instead, and I'll give my honest opinion, you know, with a hint of shade towards certain things, but also to try to criticize it the right way, and give it my <laughs> own little spin, so y'all can make y'all minds up, be like, okay, well, you know, Carrie told me it's like this, I'm gonna go see it, or oh, I'm not gonna go see it, because I know he definitely is gonna give you the true tea for it, so... Like I said, your hands up, hands down is what it's called. It will be out next month. And um, I will, you know, I'm sure Drew, hopefully Drew will tell it again. But, yeah, check that out.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much,
1: Drew. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Right.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it. And, um, if you guys, what I'll do is I'll put, um, social media in the bio for you guys. If you want to follow, um, again, I thank you guys for your support. I thank you guys for listening. I'm, you know, I, obviously this is like a little uh-huh. show and I've, I'm seeing some numbers, you know, I would like it a little bit higher, but obviously, you know, it, it's new, you know what I'm saying? And I, I, haven't really promoted it that heavily. Um, but I do appreciate you guys for listening, even giving me comments. Uh, I plan on having some more people on here. Um, I might do a show by myself, but it's very difficult to talk by yourself, but I'll try. Um, <laughs> it, it's better to engage. And I think when you have somebody else up, up here with you on this platform, I think it, you know, it's it, it's fun. And you can right. play off each other, ask questions, they can ask you questions, and I definitely, and just to go back really quick to what you were talking about with being with being humble like I obviously I've been a homeowner before and I definitely want to share some tips and some secrets with you guys about that and even when it comes right. to credit like there's so many different things that I feel like people don't know and I want to get into that at some point and um yeah. you appreciate you guys so this is the show and thanks All for right, coming y'all. on y'all and I'll see you guys next presents.
1: time